In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is risen. Christos anesti. Alma sicham. Christos anviat. Christ is risen. This is the fourth Sunday of Pascha and of the resurrection. Remember he said last Sunday that in the Orthodox Church, Easter is not one day and done, but it is a season. It's a 40-day season. Every Sunday, including that, is part as we celebrate the resurrection. So we celebrate the resurrection 92 days a year at least. So this is a continuation. We said last week that the church wants us to have this new spirit, this new life, this new living, uh, to have the resurrected life be the new norm. And for us to, be, to follow this norm and to live with a spirit of joy, with a spirit of celebration of the risen God, the risen Christ, and of course, always, to repent with Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, in mind. Now, there's something very interesting about this gospel today. Even though it's part of these, these four, no, I'm sorry, these seven Sundays of, of, the, of resurrection, that this gospel has, comes in the, in, the, in the timeline of Jesus' ministry at the very beginning. This is John chapter 5, long before his death on the cross and his resurrection. So the question is, why do the, do the church fathers include this gospel passage of the paralytic healed at the pool of Bethesda on this Sunday? Now, there's a reason, of course. The reason is for us to know that Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, is the purpose of every miracle that Jesus committed and is the one who completes every miracle that Jesus did. All the miracles are meant to witness to the resurrection that is to come. This is why Jesus did this. Now, this miracle happened at this pool, and we can picture this in our minds. This, this, we have this pool, and it's said it's surrounded by blind people and paralyzed people, and those who are in great need, and that the angel came down several, several times, several times during the year, and stirred the water, and whoever was in the water first would be healed. It's like that one person who got in the water first, won the lottery for that day, and the rest must have gone home disappointed. Now, here we have a people around this pool gathered, a people gathered. We have a proto-church. We have an infant church made of people who hope, who are hoping for healing. And they have come together. One father church, St. Augustine, says that this pool represents a kind, is an icon of, the, of Judaism. It's an icon of the law, where through the law and through Judaism, God gathered his people, but not just to gather his people, but in order to live with the living God in order for these people to anticipate the coming of the Messiah, to anticipate the coming of Jesus Christ, to anticipate the very presence of their Lord so that God could be their God and they could be their people in union and in communion. 
So these people came to this pool. Not everyone came for that reason, to be with the living God. Some people just wanted to be healed. And some people came because they heard about, this, they, they, they knew that this pool had some divine power to it. But Jesus came in order to reveal himself that he is the purpose of their faith. He is the one who truly heals and that he is the one who is going to, who is going to save his people. This is something for us to always remember that Jesus Christ, specifically the risen Christ, is the one who makes everything complete. Everything we do here is because of the risen Christ for us to be drawn as a people to the living God and for us to dwell with him as he dwells with us. Now, there's a long story of God in this saving of the people. We have the whole Old Testament and the New Testament. But the resurrection is the exclamation point at the end of that long story that completes everything in the Old and New Testament that makes everything complete. So the resurrection is, is that, again, that exclamation point that completes the long story of God's mission to save and cure man. Now, the people at the pool, they were hopeful. They lived in hope. And they're hoping for this miracle. But at this pool, Jesus self-reveals, reveals himself that all that he is, he reveals that all God wants to do, all the things that God can do by his divine power, and all things that God will do. Now, miracles are only performed when we look at the scriptures, are only performed for non-believers. Believers don't need miracles. Believers already believe. They already have a right faith in God and have a, a, a right relationship with God. Jesus performed miracles for non-believers in order to wake some up, to open other people's eyes. But the ultimate purpose of these miracles is to instill in as many people as Jesus possibly can, by their free will, true faith. So that they will, and this is the key to every miracle, that the hope of, that God has in every miracle is that the people will trust in God. Miracles are a kind of a defibrillator. You know, you know what a defibrillator is? So those two paddles, and you put them on the heart, they jumpstart the person, and all of a sudden they're alive again, right? The miracles are a way to spiritually jumpstart people so the people again will awake, their hope will be, and their lives will be pricked, and that they will come to trust in Jesus. If Jesus did miracles and people continue not to trust in Jesus, for those particular people, that miracle meant nothing. But for many people, including this paralytic today, and Maybe many of the people around the pool, also maybe of the Pharisees that saw this miracle and were troubled by it and said, why is Jesus healing on this Sabbath when we're not supposed to do any, any work on this Sabbath? Some of those Pharisees later on opened their minds and said, gee, perhaps this Jesus is the Messiah. It says in the book of Acts that many priests and Pharisees later converted and became the first Christians, 
Now, these miracles all point to and are fulfilled in purpose by Jesus' resurrection. And if we understand the messages that we not only know in our mind of the resurrected, that that's a historical event, but also in our hearts that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, and this, this is, means a new lifestyle for us, then our faith is completed. The resurrected Christ, this news, completes all news, all, all miracles, all promises, everything the church has, has been given for, everything that the Jesus Christ has come in this world. He came not to condemn us, but to save us. So that he will raise us from the dead and that we will be alive with him in the kingdom of heaven. So this miracle is inviting us to come to Christ looking for him and him alone for salvation. We are not called to look for our little pools of Bethesda. We are not called to, to, uh, to find worldly ways for our comfort and for our salvation. We are not looking for pacifiers around this world to make us feel a little bit more calmly and a little bit more peaceful. We, are come, we come for the real thing, for real hope, real com- the real promise of salvation that Jesus Christ completes. Now, to conclude, a little lesson about our own spiritual lives and our baptisms, because we always need to think about our baptisms and have them renewed in our lives. Your baptism, my baptism, for those who are preparing for baptism, the catechumens, your baptism to be is not done in a pool like Bethesda. It is not done as someone's waiting about a pool and hopefully they go in and poof, their one person is luckily made healed. The baptismal font we have here, or we have the adults, we have the big baptismal font we bring, is a baptism that's done in and by and through the resurrected Christ. Your baptism is tied intimately through the resurrection. Your baptisms and my baptism makes no sense without the baptism. When we sing, we go around the fault and sing, all who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We are, in the, the, again, we said this before, the word put on is actually dressed, clothed in Christ, that we are clothed in the resurrected Christ. It's kind of a funny garment to think about. How, how are you clothed, clothed in a man? But Jesus Christ in his resurrect, as, as the resurrected Christ by the Holy Spirit clothes, clothes us, covers the nakedness that we, that we have been, the state we, of nakedness we found by sin and clothes us and gives us dignity and gives us hope and gives us new life and gives us the kind of clothing that we will, re, that we will wear in the heavenly kingdom. What a great gift that we have in our baptisms. Jesus says to this paralytic, sin no more. In the baptism service, we are told to sin no more. We are told to keep our baptismal garments clean and to keep them without sin because we have been given a new life. We have received new hope, fulfillment from God, and we are called to seek true things, not vain things, to seek true healing and to 
and not to seek, seek vain self-healing. We are called to reflect our, on our sins and look to the Christ as our living God and to have hope and to repent and to seek the better way of life through the resurrected Lord.